Cultivation, Cultivation with Kevi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cultivation with Kevi. I am your host, Kevi the Dreamer. And today I am joined by somebody that I'm really excited to chop it up with. Uh, here with James Install at geek to me Radio. We are going to chop it up about one of my favorite series. I'm pretty sure one of his favorite series of all time as well. Justice League slash Justice League Unlimited. James, how are you today? I'm doing really well. I appreciate you having me on your show. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you here. James, I always start off my show with a couple icebreaker questions, so I'm going to okay. get right into it. James, if you can only eat one food again for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, red velvet cake. Oh, that's a, a good kid. one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. All right. Question number two is what do you think is the best superpower? Oh, I'd have to say telepathy because I'm naturally a very insecure person. And if I could know without a shadow of doubt what people thought of me, I'd probably feel a little more secure. So I'm going to go with telepathy. That's a good one, too. I always wish that I could just teleport anywhere and we could just get there right then. So I love that. would be that. fun as well. <laughs> All right, final question for you is, let me unlock my phone. You are stranded on a remote desert island. Which Justice League superhero is coming to save you? Wow. Um, I I would think, I would I would hope anyway it would be Superman, because again, he'd get me that was off my the automatic, island the quickest. <laughs> that was my automatic thought, but then I thought, let me throw in a loophole. What if one of the dastardly villains has kryptonite and the loophole is it can only be one and it's superman he would find a way out i'm sure but you know probably so <laughs> otherwise my second answer then i'd say batman because he would just send a big huge yacht for me and i'd enjoy the trip back to wherever i'm supposed to go <laughs> batman always finds his way out of anything <laughs> very true I love it. All right. So starting off, James, I would love for you to tell us about your radio show, geek to me Radio. Yeah. So uh, we do a live radio show every Sunday night at 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we kind of cover the world of pop culture. So we have a laundry list of people. We, we've interviewed composers who do the music for video game scores. We've interviewed directors, producers, writers, actors, voice actors, uh, playwrights. We kind of, anything in that vein of pop culture, uh, which I've been told is kind of maybe too broad and I should narrow it down, but then I feel like I'm excluding people who I'd really like to talk to. So mm -hmm. we cover a little bit of everything. And then after it airs live, then my executive producer, Joey V, cuts all the commercials out and puts it up as a podcast and you can find it anywhere you get your podcast from as well. Nice, okay. And how did you get your start in radio? I went to Broadcast Center here in St. Louis and on okay. the suggestion of a friend of mine. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Right out of that, I got a job at my local station, KTRS, just answering phones for one of their morning shows. And it kind of evolved from there to the point where um, people probably didn't know I'm actually on the air and they like have an open time slot. So I just kind of took it. So now I'm on the air. <laughs> nice. Love it. So being me being as a podcaster, not having any background in radio, how do you feel having a background in radio versus today, how it feels like anybody kind of has access to podcasting? Do you feel like that is like a good thing or do you feel like somebody maybe should have a background in broadcasting? I, I think I'm always of the belief that 
every one of us should always be learning something new and moving forward. Otherwise we become complacent. Then we're just kind of, you know, like stagnant water. We're not moving. Um, so I think if, if, even if someone's been doing a podcast for a while and they find a broadcast study that they could do either audit course at a local community college, or if they have a broadcast type center, I'm always for it. Cause I think you can never stop learning. You can never know enough about any field you're into. Um, so I, I'd say, I'm not sure if it gives me an advantage or not. I, the one thing I will say that I've noticed about is when I approach people for interviews and I say, Hey, we'd really love to interview so-and-so and, the reaction I normally get is, okay, what's the name of your podcast? And for some reason, when I say, no, no, we're on a radio show, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's set this up. I'm not sure why that airs a bit of legitimacy because there are podcasts out there that are far better than my radio show. But for some reason, people hear radio and they just, I don't know, it, it changes their perception, I guess, a little bit. So that's the only advantage that I've seen personally. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. And I, I'm going to hold on to that. I would love to get into broadcasting. Um, you know, I've, I've never really shared this publicly, but I I actually never saw myself in podcasting. But there was one night that I, I, I wasn't able to sleep. I'm actually a chronic insomniac. And I just kept hearing the word podcast. And I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that God is always talking to us. And I feel like God was leading me to be a podcaster. And it's funny because now, you know, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I love, you know, podcasting yeah. and connecting with people like you, having conversations. As you can see from my shirt, I, I freaking love Justice League. <laughs> so I love to have an episode based on this. But um, I just feel like there's so many conversations that can be had. But it's just really funny. You know, um, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And um, like you said, constantly learning, constantly growing. It's just funny to see myself here and to, you know, speak to people that have the professional background. And then you see today's world and we're just constantly growing and evolving into this podcast world where everybody seems to have a podcast. And it's just, I just wanted to throw that out there. I just think that's, that's funny. Yeah, no, you, you never know where things are going to uh, lead you as you just kind of, that's why I kind of feel like some people say, oh, life happens to some people. Sometimes it, it happens and it's it's meant to happen. You know, it's, it happens in the, in the best possible way. So I, I always say, keep yourself open to God, the universe, whatever you believe in, but always keep yourself open. Uh, it's a good great way to expand. And like you've done, you've got a great voice for it too. So you're in the right well, field, I you. think. <laughs> thank you so much. So I'm going to assume that you are a comic book fan and that is what has led you to you know, loving Justice League and comic books. Okay, got it. <laughs> so it's so growing up, I never read comic books, but I always loved mm. the the cartoons. And it's it's like backwards. Like you know, a lot of people they read the comic books, and that's what led them to the shows. I'm opposite. I watched the shows, and now I'm I'm reading the comic books. And it's interesting because you know, a lot of people always in movies and on TV shows, they kind of change it up a little bit. And the comics is where like right. the true. You know what I mean? So. I have to say that I've enjoyed um, in my older adult life watching, like, for me, I love Superman. I do like mm -hmm. Batman, but Superman is like my favorite. And I have a very fond place in my heart for Superman, the animated series. And I feel like it's very true to the essence and to the core of Superman. So that's one thing I can say. I can't really say that. I'm not sure for Batman, but I think that it's really cool that that particular series and maybe justice league the way that this series was written it just to seem it seems to be very true to the essence of the comic books would you what is, what is your intake on that 
I think because obviously Justice League came after both mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series. And the fact mm-hmm. that on both those series, you had you know writers like Paul Dini and uh, Alan Moore did stuff for that. And they based it on yes. the original comic book stories. So of course, evolving that into a Justice League, I think that, yeah, we got a lot of those gotcha. great stories that were grounded by that source material. So yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. Yes, and I think Paudini, you know, seeing his name so many times, it, it made me pay attention to the writing, the writing mm-hmm. in particular, because falling in love with Justice League in particular, Superman as well, and Batman, um, the writing is just so impeccable. It's just so, so wonderfully done. Um, just... I just feel like, you know, just the dream team of them. And then, you know, um, there's so many people. Dan Reba, I think is how you pronounce his name, or Riva. I always mispronounce things. Um, And just, gosh, you know, just so many different people have just done such a great job with this series. And I just always say, I wish that they could come back for one last go round. I feel like the DCAU and its entirety, the, um, excuse me, the DC animated universe was just such a golden era in time. It was just such a beautiful, beautifully written and just the characters just seemed so real. And that's what I liked about the animation. The animation was just so, it just, you could look at it and it just felt like you were looking at real people. Yeah, no, the, the Bruce Tim artwork on that is, is, you know, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, that's like the dream team. It's like Martin and Lewis. You got Dini and Tim on a project for the DC Animated yes. Universe. And the closest we got to that reunion, unfortunately, was Justice League versus the Fatal Five, where at least we had George, Susan, and Kevin come back, but it was the artwork by Bruce Tim. Um, right. And now, unfortunately, that I still can't believe we've lost Kevin Conroy. So that kind of punches a big iceberg in the Titanic-sized hole of my hopes of ever getting a proper Justice League reunion again, unfortunately. Absolutely. Yes. That's a big thing that I wanted to touch on. Kevin Conroy, such a beautiful soul. I'm getting, having the pleasure to meet him. He was such a nice person. And it's funny, you know, you find the the talents behind the voice. You, you know, you, you picture the, the Batman character who's just such a badass. And then you meet Kevin mm-hmm. Conroy, who's just so gentle and just so kind and, Man, you know, I, I was one of those people on Twitter that I was hashtagging the Justice League reunion and just to see that and just such a big piece because Batman is just such a pivotal part of Justice League that, you know, I'm like you. It's just something that that's it's almost like I don't know if it could be done without, you know what I mean? He's just such a vital part and that that breaks my heart. Yeah, I mean, there's been other fantastic people who have voiced him, obviously, from, uh, you know, Bruce Greenwood and uh, Dietrich Bader and people like that who have voiced Batman. But that Batman that we got in Justice League, Kevin's always that definitive voice. And like I said earlier, the the Batman animated series was the one that spawned all this. So he is kind of like the center linchpin, which is ironic because in the comic books, Batman never officially joined the Justice League. He's always like, I'll help if I'm needed. I'm a consultant. And in Mm -hmm. in the animated series... He more or less he was a de facto member, so right. So if you had to choose a favorite Justice League member or de facto member, who would it be? Batman's always been my guy, like my very favorite superhero. Of, I have more Batman comics than any other hero in my collection. Um, yeah. There's there's something about I think that everyman character um, yeah. that in the same way Kevin talked about, you can relate to him because he's got this this depth of sorrow and pain that he's, you know, this and loss that he's feeling that 
that uh, void by avenging his parents' death. I think everyone can relate to that, to the loss, to sorrow, to pain. Um, and then the fact that he's, if we could all devote ourselves to becoming the perfect person, he is that person physically, mentally, he's studied, he's uh, sharpened his brain, his, his reason, um, his, his body to the pinnacle of human perfection. And I think that's something that while none of us will ever know what it's like to be a god or an alien from another planet or get a you know a ring that can conjure anything we can think of, we can all relate in some way to Batman, I think. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I don't, you know, I have to say for me, I don't know why I always lean towards the Superman. I think I just fell in love with the opening three-part arc. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called, but the three, the three opening episode can't remember what it was called, but it was basically him as a kid and coming mm -hmm. into his own. And I just really related to that so much, but definitely, like you said, Batman, we're all human and just, you know, relating to that and avenging, you know, what was wrong, losing your parents. And that, that story or that show, I should say was written so beautifully as well. It was just so powerful mm -hmm. and just all of the villains that they brought in and just all the backstories, just so powerfully written. Just Bruce Tim is such a genius. Yeah. 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 And then just, we had I the great uh, Dwayne McDuffie doing uh, the Justice League episodes, too. Some of the best Justice League episodes you'll see were, were usually Dwayne McDuffie's work on that. So we, the, the brilliant writers, and I, I, we're saying this in the middle of a writer's strike, the brilliant writers are the reason a lot of these shows have their, you know, obviously it's the voice actors' work and bringing those characters to life and the animators, but that, that writing is almost like the base layer. If you don't build your house on a solid foundation, it's not going to stand up the test of time. And I think that's one of the reasons you and I are still talking about. Justice League now 20 plus years after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dwayne McDuffie, is he who also greenlit the series for Static Shock? My he was one of the person. people, I, okay. I think if he's if he's not one of the main people, I think he was right. like the main guy who was uh, kind of yeah. launched that whole thing, you know, based on the, the great work by Milestone Comics that yes. DC was kind of their offshoot publication. Yes, he, he's a great writer as well. So many, mm. yeah, so many different people. And I think for me, the reason why I love Justice League so much is you take all of those characters together and you, you know, you bring yeah. that, that family aspect and just the dynamics of them um, being together and just all of the stories that come together. I've always been such a fan of the Batman and the Wonder Woman dynamic. I thought that was just so interesting to see. And I love, uh, of course, Hawk Girl and Green Lantern. And then it was yeah. interesting when you get to um, the Unlimited, um, when you get to that point and then you add in Vixen, who I just absolutely fell in love with Vixen. I don't know what it was about her, <laughs> but then you add, you know, you add Vixen and Hawk Girl, who I was a huge Hawk Girl fan. And then they kind of, you know, tease him and become friends. It was just, it was such a beautifully written show. And I love Phil Lamar. Shout out to him. He's one of my absolute favorite voice actors. And he's just so talented. And just the range of people that he brings to life is just amazing. So mm -hmm. I love his, you know, incarnation of Green Lantern, which made me a, a fan of his version of Jon Stewart. And that... I, that's why I'm just excited to talk about this show with you because I just, it's always been one of my favorite series and, you know, talking to you in particular, do you have a, do you have a preference in justice league or justice league unlimited? If you had to choose. Um, I liked, I feel like it's, it's really hard to compare the two because in justice league, 
we got those um, intimate stories with the main yes. seven cast members usually, and not even all seven. Sometimes it was just like one of my favorite episodes that I watch every Christmas is Comfort and Joy. And yes. Wonder Woman and Batman aren't in that. That's that's you know Marsh Manhunter going home with Clark to Smallville mm -hmm. to visit his parents. It's you know mm -hmm. John and uh, and Shaira making snow angels and then going off to an alien planet to, to get in a brawl. Um, <laughs> it, it's and then obviously Flash with Ultra Humanite. It's the it's that uh, kind of that more intimate storyline. But mm -hmm. then I love the variety of characters we got with yeah. Justice League Unlimited. I mean, we had all these and the voice talent they would bring in, like Nathan Fillion for Vigilante. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned Vigil uh, uh, Vixen. We have Gina Torres yes. voicing her. Yes. The Green Arrow Black Canary dynamic with. Huntress in the question. So yes, all of that yes. in unlimited, it's it's hard to compare the two. But if I was pressed, I'd almost say just because of the variety that we got, I would mean a little more to Justice League Unlimited by a hair. Yeah. And you know, I have to say that I love the theme song to Justice League Unlimited. It's just so I, I just love it. Like it just gives me the Saturday morning vibes. I remember when I remember it originally came on Cartoon Network and I remember a couple years later it came on locally for me, it was like CW and I forget there was like a, a block mm. that it was called, but I would watch it just, I would watch it vividly every Saturday as if I, you know, already seen it a million times, but it was just, <laughs> I, I just love it. And, and I have to say the story arc, um, I think this was season four, I believe. I think it was the season right mm. before the last season, the Cadmus arc. That arc gets me every yeah. time. I it's just so powerful, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, came from the original Justice Lords arc. I think it was like a spinoff of that in a way. But I yeah, just love the, that arc. It's yeah. You know, I was gonna say Amanda Waller obviously was concerned about what the Justice right. Lords had done. So that's why she kind mm -hmm. of came up with the whole they had the it was almost we had, we saw kind of a, a bit of an homage to the Wonder Twins with those advanced beings that she was creating with uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Neil Hamilton and everything like that. And then they kidnapped, you know, the question and Captain Adam was working for them. Um, so yes. that was, that was a neat story that again, those writers are just brilliant to say, yes. Hey, remember when we did this, let's, let's have the consequences right. come out here. So yeah, absolutely right. brilliant. Yeah. That's, that has to be one of my favorite story arcs. So I have to ask, and I'm glad that you said comfort and joy. Cause I watch that every Christmas as well. Do you have some other favorite story arcs or favorite episodes? Oh, I love the one just because as a comic book fan, whenever you see like you get to see Thing versus Hulk or it's Captain America versus Daredevil, there's something in us that like to see the heroes because we always wonder who would beat who, which one, who would win. So I love the episode where Superman and Captain Marvel uh what you might call him Shazam, yeah. but he'll always be Captain Marvel mm -hmm. to me. Uh, Captain mm -hmm. Marvel and, and Superman get into it because Lex Luthor tricks them into fighting because um, yes. he makes Superman think he's hidden a bomb somewhere in this new playground area. And the two of them mm -hmm. get into it. So that's one of my favorite just to see that fight. Um, but some of my other ones, I love the one uh, with uh, the, the uh, I want to say no power, low power heroes have to go in that parade because everyone else is off on mission. So we get Vigilante, Shining Knight, Star and Stripe, they're at that uh, parade, and mm -hmm. General Eiling becomes the Shaggy Man and attacks the parade. Yes. So all these uh -huh. underpowered heroes are trying to save the crowd, and you realize, and Eiling I mean, has that moment where he's like, okay, I'm the monster, I'm the thing that I said I wanted to fight, but, mm -hmm. and just that that episode was such a great encapsulation of 
you don't ever want to become the thing you're fighting against. And I think there's those little messages that are so subtly and beautifully put across, much like in the 60s Twilight Zone, that it's just mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite episodes for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. I have to say for me, what sticks out to me is I love when they go back. It's like, I want to say it was in the first season or the first or second season of the original when they go back to like World War II and like Wonder Woman, yeah. you know, has, has the thing with the veteran and she sees him, you know, when he and he remembers her like in the nursing home. That was so beautifully written. And I there's something about Vandal Savage as a villain. Like, I just I love him as a villain. Um, yeah. Gosh, there's so many with him. And I wish I remembered specific episodes and arcs, but I remember there was one where he literally like lived till the end of time and he realized that he was like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> And, yeah, he goes uh, mad, and Superman gets right. thrown into that future where Vandal Savage is yes. the only other living person. So that was another yes. uh, ex exceptional performance by George Newbern as Superman on that one. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. I always forget that G George Newbern is Superman in this series, and then originally it was Tim Daly. Yeah. Uh, or for the Superman series, I should say Superman the animated series, which right. both are yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. But I but I love George Newborn or Newborn, excuse me. Um, so he's such a nice guy. He seems like he's such just well down to earth and uh, the whole cast in general, I have to say, um, just meeting them and just to see them just interact with each other is just it's just magic. And I I don't think that that happens a lot with the series, you know. I think that that's a part of of what's made this such a magical series is they've all just gelled well together and mm -hmm. they just have a certain chemistry yeah it's very rare to find and I, I would say a shout out to andrea romano who is the voice director yes. because every person i've talked to has said that she really is the heart of these series that she brings out everyone's best performance and she would mm -hmm. make sure they'd all go out to dinner and and get to know each other because that's that great chemistry comes from pre-covid when they could all record together having that be able to look across the booth and see the other person and react to that. But also Andrea bringing out those performances and getting the ADR after the fact and everything like that. So a uh, huge shout out to Andrea Romano for all the work she did on not just that series of the other series, but specifically since we're talking about justice league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's, she's done a lot of phenomenal work on a lot of different series. She, she is a legend. I, I love her so talented. I have to mention one more episode that is right off the tip of my tongue. Um, the episode where they are literally in their sleep and that one guy is like haunting their dreams. That is, that's one of my favorite yes. episodes as well, because it's just such a cool, you know, it's just, it was, it was just a normal guy that come into, you know, whatever it was. I can't remember all the specifics, but it was just a really cool, um, just a, just a concept that was, you know, that was explored and that's I, I and i love i have to say like the early episodes a lot of people i've i've talked to about the series they it's like you either love it or hate it but the mm. the first two seasons where you know they had a lot of two-part episodes but i like that because you get you know a lot of intricate details and the the plot is just really well you know developed and you get just really in-depth character analysis and it, i just love it i i just think the series is just magical yeah, and even the one you mentioned where they go back in time to World War II and they kind of get separated a little bit. And John Stewart, Green Lantern, loses some of the charge on his ring, but he ends up meeting up with the Easy Company and John Stewart was a Marine. So having that, seeing him in that military setting and how he functions with Easy Company, 
company, which is one of uh, DC Comics as well, and had all those different war titles in the 60s and 70s. Um, that was a great character development arc for John in just that episode alone, but also the one where they go, they get thrown to an alternate universe where we see kind of like a Justice Society-esque where it's got this, the streak instead of the flash, and we've got green guardsmen instead of the Golden yes. Age Green Lantern, and they realize it's all based on the imagination of this one yes. child, which was a fantastic episode as well. Yes, that's another, that's a really good one. That's another one of my favorites. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, and I just really, I just really want to give a lot of love to all the cast. Um, I just really want to shout out Susan Eisenberg. She's amazing. Um, I want to shout out, I, I wish that the voice of Martian Manhunter would do a convention so I could get him to sign my <laughs> final pieces. That would be incredible. Um, George Newborn, um, gosh, everybody, much love to Kevin Conroy, mm. um, Love Phil, Phil Lamar, who am I leaving out here? Just Michael everybody. Rosenbaum as The yes, Flash, he, and obviously uh, Marie Canals Barrera as Hawkgirl. Yes. And every time you hear her talk, it's just literally like I'm just hearing Hawkgirl. It's, it's amazing. And she's so gorgeous. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very flag, fortunate. I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had to say the flash is just so comical and you know, he, Michael just seems very talented and comical himself. So, um, yeah, it, it's just interesting to see the dynamics, but what, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, no, I was to, to your point there, Michael, as the flash, uh, when I started reading comic books in the mid eighties, Wally West was flash. Barry Allen had been killed in crisis on infinite earths. And so mm -hmm. Wally West has always been my flash and Michael, perfectly embodied that Wally West attitude of kind of kind of a goof, but he, at the end of the day, he's there to show up as a hero uh, and take things seriously, even though he might joke around a lot. And we got a lot of that when he was part of Justice League Europe in the comic books um, with Bart mm -hmm. Sears that he was doing the, uh, I think he was the artist on that. I can't remember the writers. Ron Mars was the writer on Justice League Europe, but we saw a lot of that Wally West flash in what we got of Michael's performance in Justice League. So it was really well done. So yeah, huge shout out to Michael for bringing that character to what I imagined it would be if we saw if we saw it in animation. Absolutely. And you know, you have to give him credit because he he carried a lot of the episodes with the comedy. You know, he was the comic relief and he he did it well. And and I remember some of the episodes like the Justice League Unlimited episodes where he was the core, um, like the original member and he still had the essence of like he had the like you said the 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 comedic relief but then he still you know like he got business done when he needed to so he he does he embodies it so well it's yeah. just uh, yeah just such a great show that's another I one mean, of my favorite episodes now that we're talking about flash is the great brain robbery where he switched brains with lex luther and yes. so clancy brown had to be the flash and michael rosenbaum is lex luther but that was another fantastic standalone episode that's a great yes. one to see. That's a great one. And I have to say, I love the dynamics of um, the the story arc where, um, I think it's during that time where, gosh, um, Lex Luthor and then the sorceress, I can't think of her name. Talia. Um, yes, yes. Where she was like kind of, you know, trying to play, play him because he was like in power and she was between him and Groot. And he is just such a genius that he, he, you know, you can't always play him. And right. It, it was just, it was, it, it just always made for an interesting writing dynamic of the episode of how it would unravel in the end. 
and then yeah, her, you know, getting cast in, back into the mirror and just everything. Yeah, the writing again for the villains, even some of the villains got some great uh, story arc. That, that heartbreaking episode where Hawkgirl has to basically put Solomon Grundy down. Yes. That's a tear episode. Yes. I mean, that the brilliant voice performances as well on that one, but it was such a good episode. Yes, yes. When he wasn't even, you know, when, when we remember the old him where he still had a soul and literally, you know, he didn't have a soul mm -hmm. anymore. And yeah, I mean, a lot, some episodes did tug at the heartstrings and it was just phenomenal performances. It just felt so real. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know uh, Andrea Romano, when I interviewed her, she said, Carl Lumley, that song that Marsh Manhunter sings in Comfort and Joy, Carl improv that whole thing, which was oh, like, wow. <laughs> blew them away they're like uh we're gonna keep that carl thanks that's perfect wow that's powerful yeah goodness how magical i don't even know what else to say about it other than it's just such an amazing series that i just adore and it's just a magical time in my life i i'm i'm due to revisit it again i haven't rewatched re it in a while I always try to rewatch it at least once every couple years. Hmm. And it just always, it just does something for me every time. I just always get something new from it each and every time. So my question to you then would be, was there a character, you mentioned that you're a huge Superman fan. Was there a character that you maybe weren't as familiar with that Justice League, Justice League Unlimited made you a fan of that character? Okay. So definitely Vixen. Um, I wasn't aware of her until the, sh the show um definitely wasn't aware of huntress or uh, black canary i loved their little rivalry slash friendship their whatever you would call that um loved that dynamic loved green green arrow as well um loved how he was mm -hmm. just kind of like a normal you know normal guy that came in and kept them honest um a lot of a lot of yeah. people from justice league unlimited i would have to say there were so many people from there that i was not familiar with that I and I loved I loved the flash and fires chemistry like their little story mm -hmm. arc was good um who else um I'm trying to think of his name right now um the episode where he was really trying to be like he wanted to be famous he wanted to be a big uh he, he wanted to be a big hero and oh booster gold there we go booster gold yes yes I really liked that episode um I thought that told a good story um Gosh, so many people. Um, the Shining Knight was a good mm -hmm. one. Um, yeah, there's a, and you know, as well, I wish that I had like something that I could show. I have in my other room, um, I have like this whole, I have all of these um, action figures that I collect from the series and I try to get a lot of them signed. And um, I have, I, I have most of the characters, but I have like a big China closet and I try to like, just look mm -hmm. at all of them and and just remember like, if if I if I see a character that I don't quite remember, I try to like look up stuff about them and like go back and watch the episode and like try to look like their history and just get to know them, things like that. So I'm I'm due to rewatch it again. Yeah, it's one of those ones I don't think it ever gets old, and I love the fact that every time I talk to one of the uh, one of the voice actors from the show, one of the original seven, they you know they'd mention that people come up with their kids now uh, and they'd say, hey, I've introduced my daughter or my son to Justice League, we're watching it again together. So there's generations. I think this is one of those, because of the writing, because of the voice acting, because of the talent yeah. behind the series, this is one of those ones that's going to be, you know, 50 years from now, people are still going to be watching this on DVD or streaming it because it's just that good. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I have to mention one last character, the cowboy character. What is his name? Vigilante. Yes, Vigilante. Okay, yes, yes. I I enjoy him too. There's so many good ones, and 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 I like how they they play parallels. You know, they play Vigilante with like the 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 older, more you know, regiment guy, and they they contrast them and just phenomenal writing, just really great writing, and and it makes for good stories. Yeah, Vigilante is is one of those characters that they went to the kind of like the older vigilante version of the cowboy version. Cause we saw, if you watched peacemaker, that's the more modern vigilante that we had in that series. Okay. But going back to that bird, I know I saw Nathan Fillion at dragon con and everyone's bringing their firefly DVDs and their posters and stuff like that or for castle. And I put down, I had the vigilante on the purple card. I put it on his eyes up. He goes, oh, and he shows it to his handler. He goes, look, nobody's giving me one of these to sign. I've never, I didn't even know this was a figure and he was so happy to sign. Can I take a picture of this? Wow. I, I love that big stars like Nathan Fillion get so excited when they see something that's related to justice league. And it's happened a couple of times with some other actors, but Nathan Fillion's reaction was priceless because that, that series does have so much love built into it on all those levels. So it's really cool to, that he, I got that reaction yeah. out of him. Nice. I had that moment with actually, and it's it's funny that we're mentioning this now. The original voice of Ariel from Little Mermaid. I showed her, I showed her. Um, gosh, the char her character from um, she didn't. I don't think she had any speaking lines in Justice League, but she had some lines in Batman Beyond. And I had her sign the character. I can't even yes. remember the character's name. I know the actress is Jodie Benson. I'm trying to remember the yes, character Jody that she Benson. played in Batman Beyond, though, because um, she wasn't his girlfriend. Uh, she it, wasn't it was like it was like a. Um, I'm going to just have to look it up real quick. Um, but she she was like an aqua looking girl and she. Oh, her eyes it was aqua, that's right. Aqua girl, I think. She went in, in the justice, in, kind of like that, kind of what we got, kind of like a future Justice League. Yes, a, yes. Yeah. She, I don't, I don't think she had any speaking lines, but she had like, you know, they had the characters that had the cameos and they just didn't have any um, speaking roles. And mm. I was like, well, here's my opportunity to meet her and tie it into. Uh, you know, my favorite show. And she was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was a, a figure. Can I take a picture? And she, it was just amazing <laughs> to see her reaction to that. So, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that whole thing. And again, we could, we could do another entire show on Batman beyond too. Cause that was another brilliant thing that I love that oh, yeah. epilogue. They tied in that last final, almost, I guess it's the penultimate episode of justice League unlimited where Terry McGinnis shows up. And again, that's another character I would say that made, I, I was aware of the character because I read the entire John mm -hmm. Ostrander run of Suicide Comics back in the, mm -hmm. you know, it came out in the 90s, 80s and 90s. But yeah. CCH Pounder voicing Amanda Waller, that for me is the definitive voice. Yeah. Obviously, we've got some great yes. people who played Amanda Waller. Uh, uh -huh. Viola Davis is fantastic in live action, but right. CCH Pounder captured that voice for me. Yes. And I love her version of Amanda Waller. Yes, I have to agree. She's she's a great character. She's a great villain. And that and that's I think that's another reason why that's one of my favorite arcs because just her playing off the of Batman is just so so profound and just so powerful. I love it. I'm due I'm due to rewatch this. And when again. she gives him that little this line is... that says, watch it, rich boy. Right. Yes. Uh, I love it. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And, and and it just makes me more sad that Kevin Conroy gone too soon because it, it just mm. makes you wonder what could be. Yeah. 
That's uh, that was one of those ones. I mean, there have been uh, maybe five celebrities that I've literally shed tears over, and he was one of them. When I found out we lost in that day, man, I was I was a wreck for the week afterwards. Oh, he was a beautiful soul. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, James, I really appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. I'm going to be rewatching this series again very soon and we'll have more talking points. I, I love it and I appreciate your time. And definitely um, I, I'm happy to be able to talk with you about your show and I, I'm excited to check it out as well. I'm excited to see who you have on your show and to um, check out your podcast as well. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's uh, at Geek to Me Radio on Twitter and Instagram. If uh, any of your people want to follow me, I'd love it. And next a week from, uh, what do I, I can't even want today. It's today's Tuesday. So coming up this Sunday, which is March the 21st, I think, um, yes. we're going to have Dietrich Bader, who voiced Batman and Brave and the Bold, among yes. many other roles that he's done. So we're going to have Dietrich Bader on the air. So if anybody wants to call in or send us a text during the show, we'll try to ask your question uh, on the air as well while we talk to Dietrich. Nice. Looking forward to that. Well, thank you so much, James. We will support you on your platform. Everybody out there listening, please follow my guy here at geek to me Radio on Instagram and Twitter. And thank you for listening again. This has been another episode of Cultivation with Kevy. And until next time, take care and God bless. Thank you so much. K-A-M-E.